Hey, and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet, and I'm your host. This podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, nor should it be. If you need therapy or hypnotherapy, please seek a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so if you'd like to learn more about me, you can do that at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. Now on to our episode. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. Just a note that I do not get graphic in this episode, but I do talk about sex a little bit and how it relates to herpes. So if you have children riding along, you're listening to this in the car, and you don't want to give some basic explanations, then I suggest listening to this at some other time. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. Happy to be here today. Before we get started, remember you can join the newsletter and get free hypnosis files by texting the word hypnotize to 444-999. So let's jump into today's episode. Last week, I interviewed Freya Norton about sex and communication, and that was a really helpful interview. And this week, I thought I would talk about herpes. I don't know if I'm doing the whole month as a theme of sex, but um, but I've wanted to actually do this episode for a while, so it seemed to fit here pretty well. Now, I tried to find international statistics about herpes simplex virus 1 and 2, but they are really difficult to find. Basically, they were extrapolating from like U.S. statistics, which I find surprising So I know I have a lot of international listeners and I appreciate you all. The podcast is actually listened to in over 100 countries. So I really do appreciate you. But I'm going to give U.S. statistics because that is what I could find. Now, the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, which tracks these kinds of things in the U.S., estimates that it's one in six U.S. citizens who have herpes. What is herpes? Anyway, if you don't know what I'm talking about at all, then herpes is a virus that lives in the body. Types 1 and 2 can be different locations in the body, actually, but most people associate type 1 with cold sores, or what's often referred to as fever blisters. It's those big eruptions that happen on somebody's mouth that look like a sore. I actually got them... I started getting them as a teenager because my father actually had them. And so when you share drinks in a household, which which is almost impossible not to do, and my children were born actually, I made a concerted effort not to share drinks or utensils with them and all kinds of stuff. And it is almost impossible. So I started getting fever blisters in high school when there wasn't a whole lot of treatment for them. And one got so bad, it actually scarred my lip. That actually happened to me several times. I have scars on my lip from fever blisters from when I was younger, which you can't really see unless, you know, you're up close and personal with me, right? <laughs> but um, but I'm not the person with like the perfectly symmetrical mouth, let's say that. Now, herpes virus simplex 2 is often associated with genital outbreaks. But you can actually have type 1 on your genitals or type 2 on the mouth. 
Actually, this can go in all kinds of places like the eyes. It affects people's lives pretty drastically sometimes in that, let's say a woman has it and she has a genital outbreak and she's about to give birth. She cannot give birth at that point vaginally. She has to have a cesarean to avoid giving the virus to the baby, which can cause blindness in the baby. It is considered a sexually transmitted disease, meaning that it's passed through fluids, which are commonly shared when you're having sexual contact with someone, kissing, oral sex, genital sex. So this can affect someone's dating life quite drastically. Often what will happen if, is when one partner informs the other partner, if they're dating someone new, the other partner says, no, I'm not up for that, and they end the relationship. So it can have that kind of effect. And it affects sexual contact in terms of when you're having an outbreak, you shouldn't have sexual contact. And honestly, I can tell you from the mouth, like, believe me, I don't want anyone kissing me when I have a cold sore in my mouth. (laughs) It's painful. It hurts. And I've heard the same thing for genital herpes as well. And it's painful just to have it, period, even if you're not having sexual contact with someone. And I know when it's on the mouth, it's often embarrassing. And um, I had a friend who like would not go to the grocery store. She had an outbreak and it takes about a week to heal or so. So without medication, nowadays they do have medication that'll help it heal much faster. But it really limited what she can do sometimes because of embarrassment. Obviously that was her choice not to do that. But I'm saying it could limit someone's life pretty drastically depending on how often they get outbreaks and where and what kind of relationship they're in. And leading back to last week's episode, it absolutely takes communication with your partner or with someone you're dating, assuming that you're an ethical, honest person. Now back to the estimates. Another estimate I found was 67 million people in the U.S., so one out of every four instead of one out of every six. And then another estimate I found and these sources will be in the show notes. It was actually pretty funny, the link that I found, but he really laid out the statistics very, very well. And he basically said, chances are you have herpes. Approximately 75% of Americans carry herpes simplex virus one or two. Now, I have talked to a couple of people from other countries, and they said that other countries it's just not that big of a deal. Like it is considered, but often in the US, people carry a lot of shame about it because they have this perception that it's something awful and bad and you did something to get it and all kinds of stuff, which may or may not be true. I mean, you could share a drink with somebody at a party and get herpes, you're really good. So I think that's why the estimates are actually so high. All right. Now, how does hypnosis affect this, right? Let's get to the meat of this episode. I found two studies where hypnosis helped decrease outbreaks, pain, and severity. Now, these are older studies. One was 1984. Another one is 1999. 
But our bodies are basically the same, okay? Like It's not like our bodies have evolved so much since 1999 or 1984. Now, the 1984 article is two case studies. So as we know in science, case studies don't really prove a whole lot, right? Like you really need a larger study to say, okay, this has a significant effect or it doesn't. But the 1999 study was more of a scientific study. Now, I don't have the numbers because I couldn't get access to the full study, but this study was done at a clinic for patients with frequently recurrent genital herpes. So it's, it has more numbers behind it, I'm assuming. So they measured them six weeks prior to hypnotherapy and six weeks after hypnotherapy, during which they kept a diary of symptoms and following hypnotherapy, there was a significant overall reduction in the number of reported episodes. So outbreaks, genital outbreaks, accompanied by an increase in the numbers of CD3 and CD8 lymphocytes. So they were measuring lymphocytes. The improvers also showed significant rises in natural killer cell counts. HSV, herpes simplex virus, specific lymphokine-activated killer activity, LAC activity, and reduced levels of anxiety when compared to non-improvers. So that's fantastic, right? I think it's so interesting. They weren't just counting frequency of outbreaks. They were really looking at, like, how is the blood changing before and after hypnotherapy? And it's changing. They absolutely had a change. Before we move on to the other one, that study, by the way, was done by Fox, Henderson, and Barton. Immunological markers of frequently recurrent genital herpes simplex virus and their responses to hypnotherapy, a pilot study. Now, I didn't find a study after that, but obviously this first one was really good. Okay, let's look at the other one, which is called The Use of Hypnosis in the Treatment of Herpes Simplex 2 by Gould and Tisler. So they used hypnosis to treat symptoms of two women aged 32 and 26. In one case, they used three weekly sessions and then daily practice sessions. So they did that all in a week or so. So first session, two days later, another one, two days later, another one. And then they sent her home with tapes to listen to as well. Because this is the time of tapes, right? MP3s didn't exist or CDs didn't exist yet. And they gave suggestions for strong cell structure, perfect skin, hormonal balance, cleanliness, a cooling, refreshed feeling in the area of the vagina and perineum, and then imagery of internally controlled, friendly white sharks was used to devour the virus. And you could customize that to whatever imagery you really wanted to use to devour the virus. Sharks are a little scary to me, but they said it was controlled friendly white sharks. So perhaps they were a good image for her, right? Obviously they were a good image for her since she had a significant improvement. She was able to go for three months without a recurrence. And before she came in, she was having outbreaks once a month for about three years. And it got so bad that she was 
felt like she was just having continuous outbreaks, which is why she went to hypnotherapy. In the article, they talk about her dating someone new and she went to buy time before she told him. But it's like, you know, how is she ever even going to have sex with him if she's having a continuous outbreak? Ah, that would be so painful. So the second case was actually a married woman and she had had like three occurrences within a three or four month period. And she actually came in, they said, to deal with anxiety, to decrease anxiety. And they said, apparently, hey, we can help you with this. So for her, visualizations were used of white healing lights. And the same type of suggestions that were made in the first case, strong cell structure, perfect skin, tranquility in the area of infection. I love the imagery. They said she visualized herself bathed in white lights and traveling through concentric circles, radiating peace and protection until she emerged as flawless as a diamond, reflecting only clarity and light. So this isn't all just medical suggestions that are given. I find that really fascinating because I do all kinds of imagery generally in my hypnosis and People often wonder why. And it's like, well, because it has these kinds of effects for people. Like if someone just told you in the talking state, we're just going to imagine that that area is going to get better, right? You're going to go through white light. Let's just imagine white light and you're going to come out on the other side with perfect skin, right? You'd be like, okay, whatever. At least me, right? (laughs) Be like, yeah, yeah. Okay, imagining it now. We're sitting there looking at each other laughing and then nothing happens. But when you go into a hypnotic state, we know that you're accessing different parts of the mind and the body, which helps actually change the cell structures in your body. It's pretty fascinating. So it's really this process of going into hypnosis, whether that's with a guide or self-hypnosis, that can absolutely help change cell structures, help a virus abate, not erupt. This woman did another session. So she did two sessions. And then after the second session, she felt like it was so improved that she didn't need to come back for the third session. She was using recordings at home too. And on last follow-up, seven months had passed with no return of herpes symptoms. Seven months. And this is a woman that had, was having monthly outbreaks. And in both cases, there was also a significant reduction in general stress anxiety. And then the article goes on to talk a little bit about skin conditions. I recently downloaded a, it's really a book. It's like a PDF. I think it's 200 something pages on hypnosis for skin conditions. And it covers all kinds of skin conditions, including eczema. I think that would be a fantastic episode to do, hypnosis for eczema. So I'm going to put that on my list to do at some point, because I know so many people suffer with eczema and hypnosis can help. So what's your next step? If you're having lots of herpes outbreaks, call somebody, okay? (laughs) Like call someone wherever you are, really search it out. Find a hypnotherapist that'll do hypnosis for herpes. I do work all over the world. I just talked to someone today. He was up in the North in Connecticut and he was like, well, how does it work? And I said, well, we do a phone session and you lay the phone right beside you or on your chest or something where you can still hear me. And then at the end, I bring you out 
or sometimes how I work is that we talk for about 20 minutes and then I record the session and send it to the person. But I, I at least want to do one or two sessions where I have them on the phone so that I can make sure at the end they're fine and grounded and, and they know that process. So that's how it works. But I also believe that there is something about being in person with someone that is helpful. And a lot of the research on IBS has shown that as well. That is that X factor that sometimes we can't quantify. Personally, I think the hypnosis for herpes would be a great online product, like downloads. But I have not put that together yet. Sorry, folks. <laughs> okay, if I ever do, I will amend this episode at the beginning or the end and say, hey, yeah, go get a download. I do do some for medical conditions. Like I just made a cataract surgery download because if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know, I had early cataracts and I had surgeries in December and it's such a freaky surgery that I was like, oh my gosh, I, I really need a hypnosis download for people to help prepare them and help their healing and help their brain do all that neuroadaptation after the surgery so that they can see clearly very quickly and heal better, all that stuff. Anyway, so I hope this episode helped you if you have herpes and you get outbreaks or that it helped one of your friends, perhaps that you sent it to. And I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Peace. I hope you truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis.